Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I'm delighted to have you here, and I think you are going to be very excited about my guest in this new episode, because it's Ruth Crilly. And I don't think I have had more requests for a guest to appear on the show via emails, DMs, tweets, Facebook posts, Instagram comments, you name it. Ruth has been well, I've been inundated, I'm not going to lie, inundated over the last few months with people asking for Ruth Crilly, who is obviously famous for a model recommends to appear on the show. It's been something that's been in the works for a while, I'm not going to lie, but some things have been working against us, namely diaries and geography. But very recently, well, we had planned to do this, and at the time of recording, we still wouldn't have recorded the date that we had planned. We were looking to do something in the middle of the summer. We were going to uh, make a bit of a day of it. Um, I was going to go and visit Ruth, potentially. And then I got a, a message on a Monday afternoon saying, I'm going to be staying in London tonight now. Is there any chance you can do, do tomorrow morning? So, quick rejig of the diary. And of course, I was there early doors to catch Ruth. And I I genuinely don't think I've had as much random fun during a podcast as I did with Ruth. It was the most fun to record. And I think, I hope I'm not overstating this, basically came out of it just thinking, I'd like to speak to Ruth on a regular basis about anything, to be honest, about anything. She's just my kind of woman and I had an absolute ball. We talked about all sorts, and I know I say that on every single introduction. <laughs> I don't think it's ever quite covered all sorts. <laughs> I don't think it's ever quite covered the breadth and range of topics that we cover in this episode. Everything from Iron Giants, from how she started A Model Recommends, her modelling career, Liam Neeson comes up, um, Inner Monologues novel writing I mean hotels Mick Jagger it's it really is when I say it's all in there it really is but I I do believe we, we only just scratched the surface like I said I had an absolute ball recording this and even listening back to it um 
to check sound levels and all that kind of stuff. I've just been howling and just been smiling. So I genuinely hope that you have that experience with it too. <laughs> it would be, God, how awful if you didn't. Um, so to, I'm going to crack on because she's so requested a guest that I feel if I do an extended introduction, you might be quite cross with me. So here she is. Ruth Crilly from A Model Recommends on The Emma Gunn Show. I'm wondering whether this is going to be a slightly confusing podcast for people. Because did you hear what Lily said about us? About me and you? Mm -hmm. No. She said that we're identical voice twins. How funny. And when I was doing my... Because listeners, we've just done a sound check. When I was doing my sound check just now with uh, with Lily I played it back and she said oh my god you sound exactly like Ruth <laughs> and then when she was listening to it once it went live her other half said is that Ruth how funny so there you go <laughs> yeah people maybe we should make a little sound before we each speak like bing bong <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that would get confusing but if you ever need anyone to do any voiceovers I a voice available. stunt double yeah like you know Joey Tribbiani's identical hand twin yeah Let's do it. You lose your voice and you're like, oh, I've got this gig in town today. Is it Emma is a bit, I'm a bit hoarse today. So why is that, Ruth? <laughs> well, last night seasonal was bug? the, uh, <laughs> yes, it is a seasonal bug. Yes. Uh, the thing is, I do have two small children, so I'm constantly talking, but at a very low level. And last night I went to a party and you forget, you have to talk over the music, don't you? Mm -hmm. And it kills me. My throat's killing. And you also have to talk over Nadine Bagger as well. <laughs> Nadine and I, our topics of conversation were unprintable. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt. And the pictures that I kept seeing coming up were you, Nadine and Sam. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, to be on that rooftop. There was a, <laughs> there was a waitress. <laughs> and after about half an hour of this conversation, I thought, God, she hasn't moved from that spot, like right next to us. I wonder mm. why, you know, what's, what's she doing lingering around there? And then I realised... She's basically listening to us talking about cocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a subject upon which I mean we be spent. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't go into it any more than that really. But um No. Yeah, this, this waitress was absolutely intrigued. Riveted. She was riveted to the spot. Well, as divine as it is to be in a hotel room with you. <laughs> it's an amazing hotel room, isn't it? I have <clears> missed <throat> out on a penis because of this. The Iron Giant. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I could have spent the morning in bed. I've had to come into London. My life's not that interesting. I did some mining and did some Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Iron Penis. Yes, you have an Iron Giant in your garden. I do have an Iron Giant. He's 1.5 tonnes of pure, <laughs> disproportionately small penis iron. But what is it when you go to the, what was it, what's it called? The, not, reclamation. That's it, I was going yeah. to call it a recreation. What is it? Did he just speak to you from his little position? Were you like, I he didn't quite. He didn't literally speak to me. That would have been brilliant. Oh yeah, that would have been Um it. And I would have paid twice as much for that. He, so, so this place, Wales Reclamation Yard, it's quite famous, I think. And they've just got every single thing you can imagine ever putting in a quirky garden. I mean, they've got missile launchers, old tanks they've got um a life-size bronze russian soldier on a horse wow a life-size bull the, the cossack is twelve thousand pounds so you know that one was out of the that one was out of the running also i just thought i can't look at you every day 
And then we saw Barry, the Iron Giant. And um, he's sort of a copy of the thinker. Yes. He's not a replica, but he's... He's, he's in the neighbourhood. He's in the neighbourhood. I feel he's a bit stockier, a bit more ripped mm. than the thinker, um, which I always thought was good. <laughs> but yeah, I just he I did have an emotional response. It sounds really wanky. No, no, no. And I never I never really get that with art or sculptures, very rarely. But I did. Yeah, I thought I could look at you all, all the time. And, and then you just had to have it. Well, we needed something. Oh, this is going to sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we needed something to um, fill a space that we had in, in the gardens. Uh, so the people that we bought our house from, had, they were obviously well into these gardens and mm. they had like different zoned areas and whatever. And then there's this sort of rose circle. Mm. Uh, and it, I think it must have had some kind of fountain or statue mm. in the middle, but they took it with them. They took just everything they stripped it it was like locusts had gone through the house and garden <laughs> light bulbs gone yeah insides of the fireplaces which i'm sure were probably supposed to be part of the listing they were gone uh anyway so they took the thing out of the middle of this circle and that's what we went there for mm. like some like little cherub or something <laughs> you know like slightly fun and then we went there and we were just spoiled for choice just so much stuff so we ended up with barry Barry. But then no one sort of told us, you know, when you buy something from a shop, you just assume it will get to your house mm -hmm. and everything will be fine. So, you know, you buy a mascara, you take it back in your handbag. You buy a sofa from Habitat. Mm -hmm. You don't expect to have to take that mm -hmm. with you on the tube. They sort of arrange delivery. Yeah. So I paid for Barry the Giant and then they were like, all right, how are you, um, you going to get it home then? And I was like, well, that's, Don't you take care that's that. your thing, isn't it? Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, we do know someone with a crane, a lorry and a crane. I was like, wait, hold on a second. For some reason, I just thought like he'd get someone with the white van would just sort mm. of <laughs> ramp him up. They were like, no, you need a 40-foot Arctic lorry with a crane on the back. Um, and then there was all this thing like, how wide's your gate? Is it going to get under these trees? It was quite, it was quite a thing it's in the end. It's quite an operation. Yeah, it was. It's funny. But does he look like he's always lived there? Yeah, he looks amazing. <laughs> I love it. But we've got to, now we've just got to stop getting quirky things because it's a bit like the circus has come to town at our house. Just, we just keep collecting odd stuff. But I, I'm addicted to the feed, your Instagram feed, because I keep getting inspiration. I'm sure, is this now, is this your new thing? Is this your new love? Just like renovation inspiration? What, interiors? Yeah. Well, do you know what? It's funny enough. When we had our last house, so, right. So when we first bought a property, it was in London, it was a long time ago. It was when I was modelling. And um, my husband never, was not really bothered about buying anything. We lived in Shoreditch. Um, he had had for like 15 years this amazing studio in Shoreditch before Shoreditch was cool. <laughs> and I moved in with him when we first got together. And it was like, we were in the epicentre of everything. Shoreditch mm. was just about getting on people's radars. Everyone had started going to pubs there, opening pubs there, and it was great. Uh, but I really wanted to buy something and you know, modelling this going well. And we bought a 70s flat in Leytonstone, and it was amazing. It was like all original, like wood panelling, cantilevered wooden stairs. I mean, it was incredible. And that I got the bug for mid-century then. Right. And then when we bought the house that we renovated, um, that one was sort of mid-century but I made it totally mm -hmm. mid-century and I never ever put anything on my 
Instagram about it. And I never really did any videos because I just thought people aren't, it's quite niche. Mm. And actually, ironically now, people are really into mid-century and Scandinavian design. Um, but at the time, I just thought it wasn't very Instagram friendly. If I ever put stuff mm. up, it just looked dark and masculine and people weren't that bothered. So now that I'm in this house, which is like the Georgian dream, I just feel a bit more... I don't know, it, it feels like I get a nicer response if I put stuff up. Mm. People are like, oh, that's really pretty, or I love the detailing on that. So it's more rewarding for me yeah. to post stuff. Anyway. Which is a good point to sort of go right back to the beginning of A Model Recommends. Yeah. And how it all started, because now you have this incredible platform, huge following, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm always really curious with people who start their own output, mm -hmm. if that's the correct word, like what's the genesis moment? What's the what's the what's the day when you're like, actually, I want to write this down, or I'm going to take this picture, and I'm going to see what people think? Yeah, well, I suppose. God, when did I stop modelling? Two thousand and one or year two thousand. I'd left law, so I'd, I was doing a law degree at Birmingham University, and I was in my second year. Um, so only had a year to go, and I was like, I just hated it. I was mm. so bored. There was a lot of photocopying involved. I oh, spent no. all my time Save photocopying stuff in the library. I was just like, why don't they just sort of before computers? It wasn't before <laughs> computers, but I know exactly. Nobody, what you mean, nobody right? emailed anything. Yeah. You know, nothing was done by email. So I hated it, and then I left to be a model. Um, but I was always a bit. There was a lot of downtime, lots of airports, lots of being on, on my own in hotel rooms, and I always loved writing. So I used to write down my anecdotes, and I've been doing that for 17, 18 years got huge folders full of them which that, actually like never diaries. they never yeah they never make it onto the website so i need to do something with them really but oh um let's come back to that yeah let's come back to that uh so i was always writing and then i thought it always sounds really mercenary when i talk about this but if i'm completely honest i knew what i wanted a model recommends to be mm -hmm. um i knew that i mean everyone throws the term brand around now but really no one was thinking about brands then like mm. that and I didn't call myself Ruth Crilly it was like okay I want this to be quite a positive site where I recommend stuff that I found on shoots mm -hmm. there were a lot of blogs or a few blogs uh, blogs tended to be when I first started people's very very honest opinion and I think that is brilliant and it completely had a place but for me I used to really struggle to write negatively about something mm -hmm. because I'd be writing it and I'd think do you know what I feel like I'm wasting my time because because I'm writing something negative it's actually quite a hard thing to do and it just didn't come naturally to me and I, I would always think well I'd rather be spending my time writing about something I love because I can write about it passionately mm -hmm. I'll always be honest and I give anything that's wrong with something uh, but I felt that when I was thinking about how I wanted to end up a model recommends was like a really positive mm -hmm. name for it and I don't know it just it, it all just snapped one night and I thought you know what that's what I'm going to do mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be anecdotes from in the makeup chair really so things that makeup artists had recommended to me and then in turn it was a model recommends yeah um but then I loved writing about beauty so much that it turned into just like full-on mm. testing out beauty stuff talking about skincare routines things that I tried 
Because I think, I remember first hearing about you, and it was exactly what you said, you know, there was the blog space, which maybe had the kind of, um, some might say it was honest, but there was a negative tinge to it, because mm -hmm. it would offer a, a perspective that magazines couldn't offer because yeah. of advertising. So you had that space, then you had magazines where everything was all fluffy and lovely, and yeah, this £58 cream is great, but mm -hmm. £58 is a lot of cash. And you really did sit in that space of, and it was a real niche, it was a real actually this is someone you can really trust mm -hmm. and it sounds like that wasn't it was sort of by design but also it was just because that's your voice naturally yeah I am so paranoid even now about saying something that is not actually what I feel so I'm constantly self-editing and constantly checking myself to make sure and actually I'll admit at the beginning I felt quite... When people started sending me stuff, mm. when I was first doing the blog, I did feel the pressure to talk about it. And I think sometimes yeah. I'd really struggle. I'd be like, oh my God, they've sent me this cream. It's 200 pounds. But actually, it's not that great. I can't justify talking about it. I can't mm. have even one person go out and buy this cream thinking that I think it's amazing mm. when it's fine, but it isn't worth 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I did struggle with that in the beginning. And I remember there were a couple of posts, which I think I deleted very early on, that I'd written. And you could really tell that I was suffering from the guilt, mm. the sort of guilt of PR sending stuff and feeling like I had to feature it. But of course now, there's none of that because there's so much stuff. Mm. I mean, most of it, I, I'm really just cherry picking the stuff I absolutely think is a brilliant buy mm. and that, you know, is really a treat or really worth getting. So... Yeah, in the beginning, it was it was slightly different. It was a massive learning curve, very fast learning curve, because all of a sudden you've got a lot of people wanting you to try their stuff. Yeah, and it's impossible to try everything. No, I, I reckon I try 1% of the stuff <laughs> yeah. that comes in because I've only got one face. And I've also, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm at home with two small children. I don't put the makeup on. Mm. So whereas I used to test maybe five foundations a week, now I might test one... Mm. every two weeks or one a month yeah. but you know it's a different different vibe isn't it different deal completely when how long between the first post and suddenly realizing that brands were into what you were doing and w were they getting in touch and did you realize that's because you were helping them sell product was when did those dots join it was about two weeks after my first post that I literally got bombarded with people sort of contacting me wow yeah, it was really fast. Yeah. Um, and the selling product thing... Is that didn't click for a long time, actually. Mm. Maybe like a year or so. Mm. And, of course, then things like affiliate links didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, well, they might have done, but, I mean, I didn't know anything about them. And, in fact, no, they must have done. But, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't use them. And so... In a way, it felt like it was almost no skin off my nose whether it mm. sold or not. I just wanted to write about stuff that I liked. Yeah. And for me, it was always the quality of the writing as well. You know, I wanted it... I wanted to write stuff that was, was readable and had a bit of a twist to it or a little bit of story behind it. So I was always looking for products where I had some kind of anecdote. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a shock when I realised that... Uh, someone told me that... that I can't remember which shop it was. It was a big London store. And they said, you cleared our shelves. 
you posted about that and you cleared our shelves and normally we sell two units a week of that product and everything just went. I was like, okay. And that was bricks and mortar as well. That wasn't an online yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of click through. Wowzers. And I thought, okay, that's quite flattering. <laughs> what do I do with this? What do you do with that? Is that when you get representation? Is that when you... Because I don't know how one would know how to make good on that how to like okay well I'm obviously helping this business I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing mm. but there's all there, there might be a bigger conversation but I don't know how to start it like what what was the next step yeah so the turning point for the whole thing um Sam my husband had been working with Sam from mm -hmm. Pixie Boo on a shoot and I think maybe Nick as well and they were doing fashion face tv that's what it was called then mm. before they were Pixie Boo and she introduced me to Dom and Dom was this Amazing guy who my husband was like, no one can be that nice without an agenda. No one is that nice. And I was like, I think that he genuinely is a nice man. Like no one, there's, there's something wrong there. That's so interesting you said Yeah, that. he was really sort of, he was not worried for me, but he was like, nobody will give you that much help. Because I used to sit in, Dom didn't have an office at that point. Mm. So I'd meet him in a coffee shop and he'd have his little backpack and we, he'd chat about what I wanted to do with my website because obviously I had to make it work because that was then my job, you know, and I, I wanted to build it into something. I didn't know what, I didn't know what was out there. It was just like this huge black hole, um, the whole sort of online Infinite talent thing. It didn't exist. Yeah. It didn't exist as a job. Um, and my husband was like, yeah, look, nobody would sit with you. You've met him sort of three times, three hours at a time. And he's helped you loads. He hasn't charged you anything. Nobody is that, nobody does that. Mm. You know, he's a businessman. But as it turned out, obviously, because, you know, he's now one of like my best friends. Um, yeah, he was. He was just genuinely helpful and had a real passion for what he could see mm. could happen with the industry. Well, listeners will know, because Dom's been on this show, that... Um, when I recorded with him, I then texted one of the Glean family afterwards. She was like, well, how did it go? And I said, really good. You can just tell he's fundamentally a good person. Yeah. Isn't he that is. funny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy. Isn't he? But yeah. yeah, you're right. I remember, yeah, that sometimes when someone's nice, you can think what's what's really going on. Yeah. So it's good to So hear. then I, <laughs> I sort of, I hooked up with Dom. And at this point, there was only uh, me... Sam Chapman, Nick Chapman, Jim Chapman, and Tarn. And Jim wasn't, I, Jim had only just started, and Tarn, Tanya Bear, obviously, had just sort of started, uh, I think she was called Pixie Two Woo. <gasps> oh, yeah, amazing. at that point. So There's they a were Pixie Woo. picture in Dom's office. Yeah, yes. Oh my God, <laughs> that picture. So they all lived in Norwich, and because I lived in London, Dom had all these meetings with big brands I mean, to say, look, the internet's going to be a massive thing. Mm. YouTube is it's going to really take off. And because they were so far away, I used to end up inevitably going to these meetings with Dom. Sort of like both of us sort of wheeling out <laughs> and he had his presentation. And, you know, I was there for sort of like a real life anecdote. And people often just sort of, not laughed us out of the room, but they were like, it will never take mm. off. Mm. The internet? What are you talking about? YouTube? Well, you know, why would... You know, magazines will always be there and there's mm -hmm. no room for this, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so 
It was a really exciting time. I can, I literally, I can but, imagine. But I actually, followed around by 98% down to his enthusiasm because I think he had the vision and I would never have, I would never have sort of, I'm very good at being very disciplined. Mm-hmm. And if I know what I want to do and I can see it and it's almost tangible, I will work my ass off at it. Mm. But, I feel like if he hadn't had the vision and the foresight of saying you could do this with it, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't have had that goal to work towards in a way. I totally agree. It's like one thing to be putting out content all the time, whether that's a blog, whether that's videos, whatever. And But then it's like, well, how does how does it look like a business? Because mm-hmm. at some point, like when did... When did modelling phase out? Was was it a conscious decision? Modelling was phasing out already, which was partly why I started the blog. So in the early days of doing Model Recommends, I modelling had gone to such a plateau. It was on a decline. I'd basically done everything I could do in London. And I'd had my heyday, I suppose. And I'd been in like every single high street window. Like at one point, I think I walked down the high street on Oxford Street and I was in eight different front windows of shops like doing their campaigns and wait let's put a pin in that what does that feel like it was quite cool but I mean I was sort of I was sort of used to it because Mm. I'd done quite a few years of of getting really good jobs um and it was it just seemed surreal the whole Mm. modeling thing it was like something I never thought I'd do I never really wanted to do it but when it landed on me um I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. It's got to be better than photocopying stuff in the law (laughs) library. So let's do that. Uh, But I always just felt a bit, I had like complete imposter syndrome about modelling. And I was always, I was never massively skinny to the point that you need to be, Mm -hmm. or at that point you needed to be. I think it's a bit more relaxed Mm. now because they have to be. But, you know, I was constantly told I was too fat and that not by my agency, they were amazing. But on jobs when I went to agencies abroad, like especially in Milan, you know, it was like strip down, let's take a look at you. No, you're too, you need to. Is that dehumanizing? Yeah, but it was, it was so normal for that job that you just sort of had to take it or not do it. Mm. Um, But I mean, everyone that I knew and that I hang, that, that, I mean, I still know quite a few people. I think it does affect you. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's only since I got pregnant with Angelica, I stopped giving a shit. I mean, I'd like like to look toned and look nice, but actually there are things that are more important to Mm. me. So I don't really think about it anymore. But when, yeah, when you're like stood on a job and everyone's staring at you and they're going, that does not look good on you. And you're thinking, it's because of my thighs, isn't it? Oh my Mm. God, it's because of this. And, you know, yeah, it does affect you. But I sort of... I think because I always had options, it was mm. never too bad. Yeah. And I knew, I I always, it was always sort of a temporary thing. It was like, okay, I've left law, but I am going to go back to uni. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it never really, it never really bothered me that much. I always had my exit strategy. I didn't have a strategy, but I always knew that I could exit. <laughs> That's good, <laughs> That yeah. makes sense. If all your eggs were in that basket, then any, any knock could be yeah. devastating. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think it helped. So I met my husband um, and he was a fashion photographer and I just sort of, it, it got very, very busy for me. Not because not because we got together, but I sort of moved to London and I was available and I was going to lots of castings and doing lots of jobs. 
Um, but then I sort of peaked and then that's it. And unless you move to a different market like New mm. York, Paris, Milan, then you, you've done as much as you can do. And I didn't yeah. want to. I'd got married, didn't want to. I hated being away from home. I used to hate travelling I used to like going on jobs abroad, but I hated going on stays. So, you know, mm. oh, you're going to do three months in Japan or three months in Paris. I hated it. I used to come back after maybe two or three weeks. Um, just thinking, like, this is pointless. Why mm. be miserable? So I was starting my MA in creative writing. And I'd already done my degree from airport lounges and wherever oh I did that. God, so I did my literature degree. And then I did a few sort of postgraduate things like journalism and bits and pieces that I was interested in through the Open University. And then I did my master's degree in creative writing. And I was like, you know what? I need to be having some outlets mm. where I write. God, I've gone on such a tangent because what I was going to say was that at the time that I started my blog, I was making tea and coffee for this tiny business in Angel they needed somebody, they were a focus group company. So people used to come into their little lounge at the bottom and do focus groups. And my job was to show them in, give them their brown envelope with the cash in. So I'd gone from like making a hell of a lot of money as a model, mm. uh, bought my house, done all that kind of stuff. And then I was doing this job where someone was saying to me, when you arrange the biscuits, can you make sure that you do a chocolate one? And then the digestive, chocolate digestive, chocolate. And then she like explained to me all the way around the plate. And I thought, fuck me. This is... That's tough. I mean... <laughs> and How I'd old been, are you at this point? Uh, coming up to 30. Oh. And I remember my husband... So I wanted her. to just write. Mm. I wanted to write novels. I'm like, but... I didn't have any focus and I'm not the kind, as I said, I'm not the kind of person, unless if someone had said, here's your book deal, write yeah, that yeah, book. Yeah. I would have sat down and I'd have written the, a trilogy and I'd gone, I've done the first book for you and here's the other two if you mm. like the first one. Like, Cause I'm that type of person, but because I didn't know that anyone would take it, I'd sit there and I'd sort of cry a bit and then write a bit and go, oh, it, it's rubbish. Mm. And then by the end of the day, I'd have got nothing done. And my husband was like, you have got to just do something. So I did this job making tea and coffee and arranging these biscuits. Um, not for long. Said for getting out of the house and kind of... Totally. Being useful. But because they didn't really keep an eye on me. Um, <laughs> they didn't really keep an eye on me. And so I took my laptop in with me and I'd write my blog between the groups of people coming in. They didn't give me any other tasks. Like now and again, they'd say, oh, can you change the photocopy of paper or whatever? I'd go... Yes. <laughs> and I get up, but I had my little desk, which I needed because I had to run to the intercom. So I used to sit there and I used to write my blog post, and um, I just loved it. And then I think I started to sort of make maybe five hundred pounds a month or something like that. I think that might have been like early affiliate links mm -hmm. or something like that, or maybe like the odd thing came through. But I remember it, it just started to make a tiny bit. Oh, and, and I turned on my AdSense on my YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And I remember it saying something like, you've earned $80. And that was in a, in a week, I think, mm. of these videos. And I was thinking, oh my God, time's up by four. Yeah. Look at this. Time's up by 52. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it, did, it started to, to come alive. Mm. That was way before I met Dom. Mm. But it was Dom that almost sort of, shaped something from mm. from smoke and yeah. said look this is this is what it can can be crystallized and a 
potential. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that was the turning point really. Wow. And then the rest, as they say, is is history, but it isn't, is it? Because you've got no, to then be consistent. Yeah. You've then got to manage um, relationships with brands. You've then got to make decisions about, like, do you have a big staff of people who... Because like, I know some people who have um, blogs or websites have got staff because they just can't test everything and they want to test everything. Like, right. What decisions along the way did you did you make about that was it like no it's always oh, gonna be god me. i'm my own worst enemy really because i am a control freak <laughs> so i've never no one has ever written a sentence of my content nobody has ever posted anything on my behalf mm-hmm. no one has edited a video for me no one has edited a photo for me it's now and i now and then i get my husband actually started to do a lot more since we moved to Somerset he started to do a lot more and it's brilliant because he's a very very good portrait photographer Mm. so I was like oh my god why am I using you you're here um (laughs) but you know still everything that I do I do I do myself Mm. um I have a PA and she works for me one day a week so she sort of does admin yeah in terms of you know like call-ins send stuff back fashion stuff you mm. know from borrowing things um and like organizing day-to-day mm. things um but that's it that's that's all i've got and then obviously gleam are a huge i mean they're really the wheels behind everything i think people get the wrong idea about what they actually do i mean a lot of people don't even know who they are but mm. there are some people online that are just obsessed with details <laughs> and seem to think that they're like a i don't know have got their finger on everything mm. but they have absolutely nothing to do with what I put out other than they're, they're like the buffer between me and if I'm going to do a brand deal, mm-hmm. they're the buffer. But they they handle my whole diary, you know. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah. And so I know what I'm doing day to day, which is mostly just looking after two kids in Somerset. But if if there are things going on, then that is all completely handled. And yeah, they're, they're like the business cogs mm. behind it. But nobody's helping me do anything in terms of content or... I'm exactly the same as you. I'm a control freak. I can't, no one's ever edited my podcast. No one's ever booked a podcast. Mm. But things do fall by the wayside. And I'm curious about the, if this ever happens to you. To that point, last Thursday I was in town and I got a phone call saying, what time am I meeting you at the such and such? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> Who, new phone, who dis? <laughs> and I, it was just that awful thing of, I will be on the train out of London and someone will be like, when are you when are you near where are you and i don't mean to be appalling at organizing my diary but i genuinely am um i need to figure that out so to that point does does anything fall by the wayside or was that when you were like i need a pa one day a week um no it doesn't i think because i'm here so infrequently Mm. if i'm here i know what i'm here for so it doesn't happen anymore so much um but it's more stuff like if i've got a lot of work going on you know deadlines and things like that then they'll be on it like where's this mm. remember you got to film that tomorrow how are you getting on do you know do you need yeah. any help logistically doing this shoot or do you have your idea for this thing that's come through you know yeah. so that it's just constant reminders I mean I might have maybe like 12 emails from from Charlotte at Gleam every day Amazing. with different things that are going <laughs> on and most of it you know would you would you do this? Would you do this job? Because normally they, they know that it's probably going to be a no because there's so much stuff that I won't do. Mm. Um, but they, you know, How they do want you to check. How do those lines? 
I just have to sort of love either it's a product that I know already and mm. really love or it's a new launch that I really love or sometimes it might be I mean I still have to genuinely like it but it mm. might be that it's got a story behind it or something that I can make really interesting content from mm. because for me that's the, that's the thing that's paramount it's got to have some value for whoever's watching because yeah. if you're just shouting a sponsored thing at somebody just to take the cash mm. and there is absolutely no value in it for your audience I think your time is limited because mm. for me if somebody does that once okay fine I'll give you that twice I'm like oh, come on mate mm. what are you doing here <laughs> and then three times uh, you, you you gradually just phase people out don't yeah. you and for me I mean your audience is everything because what is it otherwise you're just shouting into a void and what ultimately what's the value of that to somebody mm. You know, so then your business is no business. You have no audience. Mm. It's absolutely pointless. So for me, everything that I think about is like, how how is this of value? Yeah. What does this add to my content? Uh, and Gleanmore is very good. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming in. They're always very good at sort of filtering. Mm-hmm. And they, they know me and they know my content. Um, but now and again, they'll just, you know, check and see like, mm. is this something that you'd be interested in? Because sometimes I'm quite obscure. I'm like, hmm, an iron giant, you say? <laughs> Barry. Oh, I'm sure that would make a great story. Because the reason why I was obsessed with Barry is because we were originally going to record this down Am on I? Barry's, t- Barry? Barry's turn. Barry's pad. Barry's pad. <laughs> but it was the um, the fact that you're in town today that we could make it work. Yeah, but hung over, hung over, Crilly. Although, can I just say, listeners, at the beginning of this podcast, I watched Ruth do her makeup, which took very little. I haven't done my eyes yet. Well, it's... They're not on. It looks really good. I mean, you can... Oh, see. does it? Yeah. Oh, marvellous. I was like, rotten animal. I was at my dressing table for about 25 minutes this morning. <laughs> I, that's actually a bit of a lie. I drenched myself in Isle of Paradise last night. Um, which one? The gradual turner? No, the it's drops. the water. Is that good? I haven't tried the water yet. can't go wrong with it. You literally... But I, you can't see where you're putting it, though. No, but... Basically, it says saturate yourself and then rub in with a mitt. And so the first time I did it, I deliberately did it like a fool. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to look at how patchy my hands and everything. And I didn't, I literally did, I just saturated myself and rubbed it in with a mitt. Do you see any patchiness? No, and not even, so did you wash your hands? So, yeah, I do the claw with yeah, the yeah, mitt. Yeah, yeah, And then I just wash the my palms of my hands. Because the drops are amazing. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try that tonight because I do need to do a bit of... I'm finding it difficult at the moment because I'm alternating like two, three nights a week I do my Isle of Paradise <laughs> dark drops. <laughs> now this is a tangent. But I'm also incorporating vitamin C and a retinol. Okay. So I do vitamin C an intense one one night. My Isle of Paradise, then a retinol. Why can't you do it on the same? It just would go would go patchy. I just, I just feel like I don't want to mess. One's a resurfacer and one's a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's just counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, although School of Baggett, she'll probably have something to say about that. She will, she'll pipe up. Do you want a... F- uh, actually, I've only got one. I'll fight you for it. Full fat Coke. <laughs> no, you can have the full fat Coke. You I could have it. the water. No, no, you have the full fat Coke. I've it's very it early, you. though, isn't it, to be drinking that? No, you've earned it. I've had my vitamin volcano. Volcano? <laughs> I know. <laughs> just hope there's not another volcano. Let the record show that Ruth has gone to the green bar. I've got Diet Coke as well. No, I'm good because I've had that. I've had that was my fourth black coffee this morning. You are joking. Not that I have a problem. Oh I do. God. Do you know what? I've never drunk a coffee in my life. Never drunk a coffee. 
I'm gonna stretch my arm out to touch you, and you might just be air. No, you're real. Yeah. I can't, you've never had a coffee. Just messing around with this strange contraption. No, never. One has never passed my lips. Is it you now? Just like, well, I never. I'm never going to do it then. Yeah, it's too late. I'm 37. Oh, oh that was a task, wasn't it? Um, I'm 37. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And uh, do you want another coffee, by the way? No, no, no. I'm honestly, I'll be bouncing off the. I'll be bouncing off Jagger. Bouncing off Jagger, he does look quite hot. There's a portrait of Jagger on the uh, wall. There is. Mick. And I was quite impressed until Sam Chapman Instagrammed her room, which also had Jagger on the yeah. wall. And I was a bit like, it's not so cool when they've done a job lot of Jagger. <laughs> no. Hello. <laughs> Can we have 150, please, <laughs> of the A3 of Mick in 1974? Mick leaning against wall wearing... Yeah, yeah, the one... The um, t-shirt. Hi, is that allposters.com? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I saw Sam's post yesterday and it's only because I think her room has a green accent. Mm-hmm. But when I walked in, I was it like, oh, indeed. did Ruth and Sam bunk up? Did they share a room? Yeah. I was expecting Chapman to walk out of the bathroom with her hair in a Morning! towel <laughs> You crack on, I'm just going to go back to bed. <laughs> you do your podcast. Yeah, it's no. an odd, it's an odd little, um, quite, I'm always quite intrigued by hotel rooms. Have you seen a film called Before You Go, or is it Before We Go? And it's a film directed by Chris Evans, the Captain America Chris Evans. Oh, right, not Chris and Evans. And okay. they talk about hotel graffiti. And it's really fascinated me. I shan't because it's your room. But there's this thing apparently on the back of uh, pictures in hotels, people write messages and draw pictures. But I don't know if they're... I don't know if you can take those off the wall. They're not old enough, I don't reckon. Let's have a little try. No, they're screwed in. You can't get to them. Um, my husband has had, before he was a portrait photographer, had many weird and wonderful jobs. And one of his jobs, kill me for saying this, was he used to be the person that goes around these hotels and hangs the pictures. <gasps> and so every single room, they would have to be exactly the same. Yes. And you would have to get them exactly right. Well, and, who's um, gonna, you can't put them side by side, to, side by side though, to tell. So I feel like that's no. Redemptive. So it that's would be uh, well, yeah. Um, but then the other day, <laughs> so we argue quite a lot about how high the picture should be. Uh, we've started to put oddments of photos up and stuff in the house, and he hangs them really bloody high because he thinks it should be in proportion to the top of the ceiling. But I'm like, if you've got really high ceilings, I Googled it, which really annoyed him. And apparently the middle of the picture should be at average eye height. Okay. Which I thought's a really good guide. And it makes it's sense. It's because you want, to, you want to look at it, yeah. you know, ultimately. So I said to him, look, it doesn't matter how high your ceilings are. If you had 30 foot high ceilings, you wouldn't hang it halfway up mm-hmm. the wall because it, so, so that is a really good rule. But we had a bit of a to do about that. And he was like, look, I used to do this for a living. I was like, yeah, but they would have been really low ceilings. Yes. And I, I go with you. I don't want to have to crane my neck up too It just much. looks wrong. It does. So we've hung this mirror in our hallway. <laughs> have you hung it or does it just stand up? Is it the big... No, this is one? downstairs. Okay. This is downstairs. And it was a complete ball ache and it was almost like divorce stakes over this, <laughs> doing any kind of DIY together. And it was so hard to get it on the wall. And when we got it on and I looked at it, I was like, why, why is it so high? It's ridiculous. Right, we're moving that down six inches. He won't do it because it was so hard to, to hang. So it's like a bone of contention oh. every time I walk through the door. So next time he's away, you'll just have to get a man in to 
and professionally do it. That would that would not go down well, I don't think. Say it fell off the wall and yeah. I got Or <laughs> maybe I'll be like, I think we need to have paint refresh. And when he takes it yes. down, quickly whip out those raw plugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a perfect plan. That is. And, and quickly polyfiller them in. Ovo yeah. never know that they were there. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, where have the holes gone? <gasps> That's weird. Oh, when the painters... I don't know, you might paint them yourself. Oh, I didn't oh, even think. I just, they said they were going to fill in the holes. I was trying to get a smooth base. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think they need to go back here. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved, as far as I'm Problem concerned. Problem solved. Right, where did we get sorry. to? Sorry. Oh, no, God. I'm, there's a nugget of information here that I didn't know that I'm now massively intrigued by. And it's the fact that you want to write novels. Yeah, so I wrote one for my MA. I wrote two, in fact. Um, and then, is there a formula to writing a novel? I am just mad, I think. <laughs> uh, I come across. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you it's probably quite sane but like in my head completely mad um what so accent I just... does your i'm sorry this is going to bollock me for interrupting you what accent does your inner monologue have slightly posher than i am <laughs> <laughs> mine's will smith from the fresh prince of bel-air seriously yeah I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. It genuinely is. Yeah, mine's male. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely male. Um, Can I, I will just say this. As a um, sort of middle class woman living in Britain, <laughs> speaking like Will Smith in The Fresh Prince does not go down well, ever. <laughs> Hasn't at any age. Maybe when I'm Can in my... you do the rap from the beginning of... Of course thing. I can. Of course, like, I don't want to have to pay for it with the rights. But yeah, in, when, in West Philadelphia, Would you have raised, to? I don't know. I don't know what it is with podcasting. I don't want to take the risk. No. I'll do it on Instagram. Imagine if Will listened. He was like, oh my God, Ruth Quinn is on. I better listen to that one. Yeah. Um, He's a big fan of your blog, I think. He is a massive fan. Um, and then he'd be listening and then we'd suddenly crack out the, the rap and he'd be like, hold on a sec. I'm bring, bring. <laughs> uh, Michael, listen, I've just had another usage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say he's going to call up and say, I need to sign them. Oh, maybe. I'm going to offer you a five album deal. Do you know what? He'd be, like, he'd be like, he'd be like, what I find so intriguing about this is that the, 
they sound the same. Yes. So it's like they're, it's like having twins, um, and they're just so British. Two Madonnas for the price of one. Exactly. Two two Madonna. Do we mean Madonnas? Who's a good, really good vocalist? Obviously, Madonna's a great vocalist. But yeah, identical voice twins signed by Will Smith. Yeah. I think it makes a good headline. I think. Right, let's push this. Let's get Dom onto it. <laughs> Dom put a call into Will, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you're mad in your head. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. The whole novel thing is completely different to, to anything else, isn't of it? Of course, yeah. Um, but they're finished. And kind of struggling with getting anyone to... <laughs> They were like, it, so it's gone out to quite a few sort of top honchos who have come back and said, we absolutely love her writing. But I don't think that her audience would have expected her to write this. Would you just self-publish? I might do. I, I might send it out first under a pseudonym. Weirdly, I think that the fact that I have got an existing audience has scuppered my... Isn't that funny? Yeah. You'd think it'd be the other way around, because I know... I mean, so people sort of almost fed back to, to those exact words, really. Um, and one of my friends who I haven't seen in ages, actually, but she's in publishing. I remember her saying to me years ago, so I was like, look, I've got this novel. I'm going to put it out. I've got this audience. And she was like, yeah, but it's nothing. People won't expect that from you. And I don't think that will work. And I was like, what? Don't be stupid. And I was like, what does she, you know... What does she know? <laughs> and then people came back saying almost exactly that. So she's obviously very good at her job, which is reassuring, but annoying for me. That is annoying, actually. That must be annoying to have built an audience. And However, it is about, I mean, instead. it's about five guys who go out on a stag do. Um, and then th there's basically this crazy German scientist inventor guy who's made this machine that turns inanimate objects into real flesh and blood so he's designed it so that you could make so people have prosthetic limbs you could put that into the machine the make it real machine and it makes it flesh and blood so i mean it would change the landscape of it's, it's crazy i told you it's crazy mm. it's supposed to be stupid i'm not actually believing that this could happen um so it changed the whole medical landscape mm. you know people would almost be immortal you could do it with organs anyway he's been testing it out on teddy bears and making teddy bears mm -hmm. into these real things long story short these guys go out on a stag do wearing bunny rabbit costumes oh right and and then there's an evil play at work separate they end up in this machine and hideous things happen and this one, one woman was like it's um, it's literally the most disgusting thing I've ever read. Uh, it made me laugh, but I'm also horrified that anybody's brain could come out with this idea. I was like, excellent. Please tell me it's not up there with the human centipede. Ah, oh, it is, but not oh. in like there's no there's no sort of mouth to bottom action. No. Rate. Oh my god, no. I mean that's hideous. Uh, it's it's no, pretty it's sick, the but there's no seen, there's no yeah, it's not horror. Mm. It probably is a horror. It's just bizarre. And they're all like, oh, she's mad. And we don't know what we'd do with her. I think pseudonym or self-publish. I think I might just self-publish. I might do like a, not comparing myself to Dickens, obviously. But he used to serialise <laughs> them. <laughs> all of Dickens' books are so long because he used to serialise them in magazines, didn't he? That's what people used to wait for the next instalment. 
Oh, could you? You should serialize it in it. So that's what I thought I might do. And then at every point, if people wanted to have the whole Mm. book, just publish it onto Kindle, and they can get it and read the whole thing. Edward Ellenfall. Hello, I've got an idea. (laughs) What I want to serialize is a really sick story about (laughs) scientists who basically disfigures five men on a stag do. and the story and I'd, like that sit, I'd like to sit at a long time spring fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is really on brand for you. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Prada will be absolutely chomping at the oh. bit to advertise before and after. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's do this. Yeah, Maybe I'll send it to him today. Do it. Spike <laughs> <laughs> over. Let's get a taxi over to Vogue House after this. Yeah. Weird let's do it. Look, look, with our microphone set up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got new microphone stands. I'm not even having to use my hands. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, it's a, it's a fun thing. I'm in a very incredibly fortunate situation where it's not going to be putting bread on the table. Mm. And I don't need it to be putting bread on the table. So it's more like it's really annoying that it's sat there mm. and that nobody's reading it. Even if everyone thought it was shit, at least somebody, you know, somebody other than... yeah publisher or whatever has read it but down the line you have two young'uns at the moment but yeah. when they're older would the ideal scenario be that your day-to-day would be writing novels yeah rather than updating the blog constantly would you like to transition from oh one to the other? i couldn't i couldn't give up beauty but i tell you what i find really stressful is anything where i have to appear because i love if i just write for the day i can go upstairs eight o'clock have a nanny on wednesdays and thursdays I go up at eight o'clock and I can focus for 10 hours and not come up for air. And I can get so much done as soon as I have to do a video Mm. or do something for Instagram, have to put on makeup. It just breaks my zen. That's so interesting. And I writing just, I love it. And it just comes really naturally to me. And I, and I I can just sit there forever Mm. and do it. I mean, you have to have little breaks as you know, I mean, it just drives me mad otherwise. But um, the other stuff, yeah, I mean, that would be my ideal situation. And you know what? On my blog, um, I, I feel like blogs are on the sort of decline in a way because mm. everyone's all about Instagram. My blog is by far my biggest platform. Mm. Bigger than YouTube, bigger than Instagram. Um, and But you don't really, you go on someone's blog, you can't see the numbers. You mm. just read the things. Yeah. So it's quite, it's very old school. So nobody really knows that about me that that's the biggest platform and the biggest uh posts are always the ones where i write about some random shit that's come into my head Hmm. Uh, and they're always the most commented the most liked the most shared the most read it's interesting isn't it because you're known for beauty you will talk about video as well but there is that thing of at some point we all have to not we all have to but it's quite nice to talk about other things so my background might be as a beauty writer but I have interest in other areas but then you sort of you put it out in the world and you see what the response is Mm. and that's does that make you edit what what your output is because it does me but then I'm in earlier stages like if I put something out and I feel like the audience hasn't really got it I'll think well maybe I'll delete that and come back to it another time but what do you do no I'm I'm an arrogant <laughs> twat. Um, I, I mean, I do, I suppose, but I, I write what I want to write about. Mm. Um, and if that is the latest lipstick, I, 
the thing is to have that passion and that spark that shows in the writing I feel like it's got to be something I'm interested in mm. so it's whatever pops into my head and sometimes if it fails it's like I'm putting out enough content for for that to sort of ride over I mean I've never been one to really analyze what I'm doing and look at numbers and look at like the time of day that mm. people come and read I'm rubbish at all that kind of stuff that's so because I know so many people who are very strategic and they're like they'll post at this time I have no day. strategy I mean, I'm terrible. Do you look at Do you look at your analytics? Would you just nope. think? Haven't looked for. I look on my blog, mm. just to check that like it's not <laughs> suddenly bombed. Um, but I don't. And even like Lily Pebbles is so on it with. Mm. She's like a mine of information about things like that. And um, I'm, you know, if I ever need to know anything, I'm like Lily. <laughs> How do I find out how many people have subscribed to my YouTube channel? <laughs> Actually, that was something I was going to talk to you about. And I was going to mention it earlier on because we talked about the Glean Party last night. There is undeniably a really gorgeous family vibe. That oh, is God, so yeah. Yeah. Tangible with you guys. Yeah. Like it's, it's like you and you and Hirons. Yeah who's been on this show now how many times we're gonna get her back wife repeat yeah so how did you become mates um god when did we first meet do you know i feel like i've known caroline forever that's how you know it's a good friend if you can't pinpoint when you met so funny and sometimes we don't speak i mean we're always chatting as you are like behind the scenes i sometimes don't see her for months but it always just you fall back Mm. into yeah she's amazing oh completely um, but yeah, there's a, a total family vibe. Um, but we're all so different. I mean, Caroline is so... Uh, God, one of the things I totally respect her for, She's so, and I cannot do this, she's so outspoken when she really believes something, mm. she doesn't give a shit what backlash she's going to get because yeah. she believes it and she will put that out there. Hashtag and, Kat Von D. Yeah, hashtag, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. But she's very passionate about that. Mm. And even though... Rightly so, given her experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just respect that she doesn't... She absolutely doesn't give a toss how that reflects on her as a, oh, in inverted commas, brand. Mm. Um, because she is, you know, she's Caroline Horan. She's like skincare goddess. Mm. Um, and she, do, she doesn't actually care how that impacts at all. You know, if she loses followers, yeah. if, it, if it doesn't look great... Um, that she's got like a massive big argument going on in her threads mm. because she's put out what she believes in. And I, I just think that's so rare. Mm. But I think what's nice, particularly, so you've got like just top line, uh, Lily and Anna, you, yep. Caroline, Sam. You see, you even smile, like you're literally, your face <laughs> lights up when we mention this. Oh, when I get messages in the morning, I was just like, I can't wait to open and see what people are talking <laughs> about. And, you know, just constantly laughing. Yeah. But, um, the thing is, is that on paper, if you didn't know, it would be like these people are all in competition. Yeah, I suppose they you all would. Talk yeah. About the same, same, similar thing in different ways, in their own unique way. Yeah. Um, and I very much, when it comes to podcasting, I remember um, looking at the American model, which is like the guys like Joe Rogan, Mark Maron, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, at the beginning, mm. they all cross pollinated. They all went on each other's shows, and it was like, well, if I've got an audience, then some of mine might like you and all of that. So when anyone starts a new podcast, I'm like, yeah, yeah. bring it. Welcome to the pod fam. And I'm meeting one of my Canadian pod family members later. I'm delighted. And I don't see a sense of competition. And there's definitely none of that with you guys no. at all. 
it doesn't even cross my mind. It's weird. But also, we're really bad at collaborating. <laughs> like, we, I mean, like if we were really in sort of strategy and things like that, then we would... I mean, look how it worked for people like... Um, Oh, God, like it, a couple of years ago when it was like Zoella, mm -hmm. uh, Sprinkle of Glitter, Tanya, Jim, Alfie, everybody just in each other's videos all the time. Yeah. And it was an amazing thing for them. I mean, it, it was almost like watching reality TV yeah. from lots of different cameras. And their audiences just were huge, mm. are huge now. I mean, um, it was a very good strategy. Mm. If I don't think it almost was a strategy because they were all just friends knocking around together but it definitely like, worked film a video it's like i went around to nadine's recently it was just like well i go around and have dinner with her a few times but once a month so let's just knock a video on it the thing is we see each other and then we're so busy i suppose because we don't see each other a lot we're like we should film something really and we're like nah let's just hang out have some prosecco <laughs> yeah yeah um so we we should be on that really because it gets very dull just filming on your own Mm. And now I'm into like eight years. I'm feeling like a lot of the YouTube franchises, like monthly favorites, mm. outfit of the day that people have been doing for years and years, they're getting very old and tired. And your audience will still watch them because it's almost like a comfort blanket. Mm. But in the last few months, and especially since sort of having the babies, I have started to think, if that doesn't inspire me, why would I expect somebody to watch it? Mm. Um, and now there's like a sort of craze for self-help and self-care and you know I've done a couple of those and I've sort of thought what's going to be next mm. I've got a, a sort of unsettled feeling about things that there needs to be a change and like what do I want to see mm. um, but it's hard because just having the time just to do anything That's let amazing. alone change <clears throat> things up that to me is like new sense. Like when you're on a title and you just have a sense of what, like who's going to be the next star or like all of mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. That comes across as like having the, the YouTube equivalent of new sense of just like something, something in the air is a bit off. Yeah. And we need to think about what's next. But it might not even be that it is the YouTube format. Mm. I mean, people are obsessed with Instagram and I'm obsessed with Instagram. Mm. I mean, I'll go in to look at my emails and I'll end up on Instagram stories and think, how did I get here? But maybe people want more instant video, mm. more throwaway stuff. I don't know. It's, um, you need to have a long, hard think about what you want to see. And this is what I need to do, mm. I suppose I'm, I'm thinking about. And then, and then make stuff that you would want to watch yourself. Yeah. Because I do feel like it's, you know, it's been going a long mm. time in its existing format. So I've started to merge my parent... Oh, God, I hate the word parenting. My <laughs> Why do you hate the word parenting? I just think, since when has parenting become... When, when did it become a verb? It's <laughs> like you're a parent, you just get on with it like our parents did it. There's no art. And then people are sort of writing parenting things when they've had one kid and the kid's three months old. And you think, well how do you know mm. what you're talking about? So I like Caroline's perspective on that. And she goes, <clears throat> wait till they're teens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, I just, I just hate the whole thing. I was having a conversation with my friend about two years ago. I think Angelica was still a baby. And I was like, oh, this parenting word that people, they just started to use it. It just started to become a thing. 
I just don't get it. It like it makes it sound like it's this really sort of precise art. Mm. Oh, that you're doing something really extraordinary, and it is extraordinary because it's bloody hard. But everyone just muddles through. Yeah. And giving it this word just I don't know it makes me cringe a bit. But I I have been known to use it. So anyway, yeah, I'm trying to merge that parenting because you content. do have to. So I've got the uphill and I've got a model recommends. Yeah. Um, but it's just spreading myself too thinly. Mm. And I feel like the uphill has got a massive audience. But um, there are things that they would like on a model recommends that aren't really beauty related. Mm. And there are things on the uphill that I write that people on a model recommends would obviously love because they love the random stuff that I put on there. Mm. So it just seems stupid to have it on two platforms. I'm just bringing it, bringing it into the fold. I think last, not the last time I saw you, but when I saw you once when you were with Caroline. A while ago now, she was saying to you, need to merge it, need to merge it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was toying with the idea of just calling it Ruth Crilly. But I love, I'm so sort of protective over the Model Recommends mm. thing, you know. Quite rightly so. It's a lot yeah. of work that's gone into it. And it's very, yeah, it's my baby. So it's hard. It's a hard decision to know what to do with that. But I do feel like I don't model anymore. I model for the purposes of my website mm-hmm. and brands book me as, as but they're booking me as me, yeah. not as a model. I don't go to castings, you know. I don't go to Paris and trudge around the streets. It's, I don't have a modeling portfolio. Mm. So I almost think that it's not that accurate, but I just, I still love it. So it's um, I think to know what to do. It's you. Yeah. But I, get, I mean, I'm trying to think of brands that have evolved and changed in a similar way. Um, oh, the ones that are coming to mind are so inappropriate. It's oh, like go on. Victoria Adams becoming Victoria Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same thing. No. <laughs> like Ginger Spice becoming Jerry Halliwell. Mm. I, why am I thinking about... Oh, the okay. Spice the Spice Girls. Girls, something's triggered that off. Um, yeah, the Jerry Halliwell, that's, that's a good one. Spice. There must Scary be somebody spice. who used to have like a... Nick, Ginger Spice. A Nick, like a, a name and is now... I mean that's worked for Jerry Halliwell, but Scary Spice is still Scary Spice, isn't she? She is still terrifying, though. I f- always feel bad about the bow selector. <laughs> it's so destroying, isn't it? I always feel bad for Craig David. I mean, it like completely ruined him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I think Craig's over it now, isn't he? He must be. You know, he went to Lisa Potter Dixon's wedding. Yeah, because they I know. Twitter campaigned him. Yeah, I know, and and I Facebook messaged him. <gasps> yeah. Amazing. I mean, I'm not saying that's what made it happen by any Probably stretch of the helps. imagination. But, um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I saw what they were doing. I was like, oh, I know him on Facebook. Don't, let's, do not, let's just not go into it. Modeling but, um, job. <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. It was a, I was at a press event. I think it was a fern cotton press event. And he turned up because I think they're friends. And... Um, Oh God, I can't believe I, I'm not. I'm not going to say this on the podcast. But I interviewed him at his house in North London once, so his flat in North London, and I ended up calling him in the copy something like "Pop Music's Willy Wonka" <laughs> because did you call him proper bow? No, I didn't. I was very respectful because all around his house he just had these little bowls mm. of varying sizes, just full of chocolates. Like really, isn't he's really into his body though? This was pre-Miami. Oh. That, that came with Miami. This was just before he went to Miami. But like his place was amazing. But in the kitchen, there were like these big, tall, bit like... How long ago jars. was this? Now. That's a good question, Ruth. Was it a good house or was it 
Oh, if he ever rented it out for an affordable fee, I would move in in a heartbeat. Oh, right. Was it all white? Pretty much, yeah. Because his place in Miami was, wasn't it? Yeah. Really lovely. Like, you went up in a lift, came out, there was a piano. Sorry, Craig, if you feel like I'm giving away too much detail. Um, (laughs) Chat to Will Smith about it. Did he have pictures of himself? Hmm. I can't. Because did you see the thing in Miami when he showed around, he was showing around the house. Did he have him ripped? Like, there were poses. quite a lot of pictures of himself, yeah. No, I don't think there were pictures of him. It was very I thought I might decorated. start doing that. Having. You haven't already? No, there's no, we don't have any pictures of ourselves in the house. I've all the kids. All loads of nudes of me just at like have you? nose height. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I'm, th- that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I'll start doing that. Um, I mean, the fact that I do live on Magnums and full fat coke does not bode well for the nudes. But... <laughs> tastefully done like that what's that video maybe um, i could wear a girdle i could be nude but for the girdle maybe socks so there's nothing sexier than nude with socks is there no no that would be really matching socks obviously not changed and, and like that really unflattering length where they're sort of ankle so like midway midway between the sock me and that gives you a cankle basically yeah yeah, yeah the cankle yeah. sock cankle yeah <laughs> i was about to, i was gonna try and merge the words and i came up with cock in my head <laughs> will smith came up with no cock for your feet no thanks. no um foot cock <laughs> foot cocker yeah <laughs> there you go we've got a brand oh i love it um video i don't even craig david we've moved on from mm-hmm. him um Talk to me briefly because we are coming to the end of our time together. Sadly, oh my god, I know we haven't even we haven't even covered anything sensible. I know yet. I'm looking at the clock, thinking I haven't even said anything hours. funny. Oh no, you have. Oh really? I think so. <laughs> Inadvertently, this is very interesting because I, I, this podcast has gone in a way that I did not expect it to go in, and I'm very grateful for that. Because oh really? You, you have a mind like mine. <laughs> I feel like we should do this again, what, like, like squirrel with exactly mm. with um and slightly ridiculous always. I'm always stifling a joke or saying something inappropriate. Yeah. We've and said cock quite a lot. Yeah. Nadine will approve of that, though. She will. In fact, we should have got her here. I'm surprised, I'm surprised she didn't turn up. She looked like Bianca Jagger last night, I said. I didn't tell her. I don't think that I was doing this this morning. It slipped my mind. Too busy talking about Liam Neeson and just cocks in general. Oh, two-litre Revian bottle. Uh, I had two cans of Coke, one on top of each other. Wow. Mm. Cripes. Had that from quite a good source as well. <laughs> Can you get sued for saying stuff like that? Or I hope not. <laughs> Maybe we'll take that bit out. <laughs> Mind you, if you were him and there was that rumour, I mean... Like, you're not going to... Why would you mind? Oh, publicity people, can you get back on it? More people are talking about how massive my penis is. <laughs> Please, could you get the penis? I'm going to find them. I'm going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have a particular set of skills. I'm sure yeah. you do, Liam. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd need no skill, really, would you? Just. Oh, goodness. Like no, a... this has gone in a, in a direction. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely love. Considering it's the morning. Yeah. And this is not like, not we're easing into like, we're not going to waft out of here in caftans and go and <laughs> go and have cocktails on a beach. No, we're not. That would be nice though, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm feeling can at the moment. A balcony can, a piano, oh. soft lighting, a pool, infinity pool. Or just, just sun. Oh, God. Any kind of sun. Some sun. We went on holiday to Greece with, at the time, a, a nearly three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And 
everyone has said don't go on holiday abroad with with two young kids because it is same shit different scenery i was like it'll be fine it'll be amazing mm. they nap they've got a crash thing that we can put them in now and again yeah and it is just the same shit different scenery and what's worse is that you can see that it's baking hot outside you can smell the suntan lotion because you've put it on mm. your paperback is there like the sunglasses perched on top but you can't take the kids outside because it's too hot for them so what would you do if you could go back would you just take them somewhere in the uk so then we went to cornwall um because i was doing a review of a new property for a cornish um Beach retreats, everybody, at beachretreats.com. <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know whether that's the URL. Um, imagine, imagine. We are stopping this uh, for a little advertorial. <laughs> uh, so I was doing it for this company who've got sort of beach properties in Cornwall. And it was honestly about 10 times more relaxing. There you go. Because you can take everything in the car. Mm. Just, I don't know. You can't put them in the heat. Angelica had a temperature for the whole week that we were there. Yikes. It wasn't relaxing. No. Cornwall sounds much better. I went down to Cornwall for three days a little while ago. I say a little while ago, it's been eight years now. And it was... <laughs> that, that's Recently. Yeah. Mm. That's how often I go on holiday. And it was so delightful. Just mm. like walking along the beach and the cliffs. Going Where did you go? On. Cornwall. Whereabouts though? I have no clue. <laughs> please, please don't ask me to be specific. Oh, okay. Stayed at the Scarlet. Oh, Very okay. Nice. Right, right, yeah. For dinner it's James lovely. 15. Smashing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gorgeous. Fresh air, good to see air. Every room has a sea view. Yep, sat in a tub with actual yep. seaweed. Oh, did you? Yeah, apparently it's very detoxifying. Wow. And I believe it is. The tubs are good, the hot tub. So it's it? a hot tub basically in the side of a cliff. Yeah, yeah, Licking they're amazing. Gorgeous. Oh, I wonder if they put that seaweed in if you just ask for it, because I never got that option. I got Prosecco. What? Yeah. I want Prosecco. Mind I you, got you can't Prosecco. have a detox seaweed bath and be drinking. Well, I, I would have thought then you just come out neutral, don't you? Oh, it could be the dream. Oh, I wonder if you went for a really heavy night out, but had the heavy night out in the seaweed. Would it sort of neutralise? What if you slept in a sea, like propped up in a seaweed bath? Would that be like having an IV drip the next morning? Maybe. I'd we worry. Need to test these what if you out. drowned, though? No, 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 you'd have to be, there would have in, to be a lot of support. I mean, that would be awful. What a way to go. Actually, it'd be a bloody brilliant way to go, wouldn't it? But there could be something in that. They genuinely could. She uh, drowned in her detoxification bath. This is, a, this is a novel. This is where your head's going. <laughs> These rabbits are going to end up in seaweed Completely baths. at peace. Her body was the cleanest it had ever been. She was pure. She was pure. Yeah. Pure as a day she arrived. <laughs> but, she, but yeah, anyway... It, God, that's morbid. Yes, touch, but it's fine. Yes, side of the cliff, big tub, gorgeous temperature water. Yeah. Although I always crave cold water in the summer. I have to say that those wooden hot tubs are a million... They're the opposite end of the spectrum to the plastic hot tub. You know, the plastic hot tubs that you can buy in Costco and the garden centre that people put in the back garden. Oh, 10-foot paddling pool kind of situation.H, Or just like the moulded, the moulded jacuzzi. It's a jacuzzi, isn't it? Is that a jacuzzi? Yes, awful. What's the difference between a hot tub and a jacuzzi? Well, jacuzzi, doesn't that bubble? And a hot tub just sort of is hot tubby. I don't know. Reminds me of a joke, though. Go on. What's the difference between a buffalo and a bison? I don't know. 
can't wash your hands in a buffalo. <laughs> you like that one? You don't have to laugh to be polite. No, no. I sort of I lost my Birmingham accent for the for the first part of the punchline, which sort of ruined it. No, but I got it. Yeah. Thank thank you for that. That's all right. I enjoyed that very much. Mm-hmm. I don't have any jokes. I'm not funny enough, I'm afraid. I have three that I trot I have loads, but I can never remember them. I have three that I sort of trot out if anyone's ever like, tell me a joke. One of them's gross. Well, let's not do that one. Maybe for when you come back on next time. Yeah. We'll do this near Barry. Yeah. We'll okay. We can sort of per- can is Barry sitable on? Do you know what I tried and I I did it in did my slippers. I had to do I had to do a run up. Uh, and I thought that I had shoes on, but I actually had some stupid furry slipper things. And I almost broke my toe on his back, so I haven't tried it since. He's quite difficult to mount. In which case, we could just get some patio furniture. And do yeah. it in the shade of Barry. <laughs> we could do it in the shade of Barry. We could sit on a picnic blanket on the grass. Oh, nice. We could sit in the kids' play area. On Oh, I've got a... I don't want to say double-ended for some reason. It sounds really rude. I've got a... <laughs> Double-ended rocker. Is it double, why, is, why does that sound so rude? Because you, it's a plastic whale and it's a seesaw, but it's like it's on the floor. Sure. So um, we could you, sit on that. Next time you go to the children's seesaw shop, don't ask for a double-ended. Do you have Do you have anything double-ended? <laughs> <laughs> because anything is double-ended and durable and waterproof, preferably. Yeah. And do you have it in blue? Does it have a whale's face on it? Oh God. <laughs> This is this is Moby Dick. my life. <laughs> I think we should write a book together. It could be a fusion of what's in your so head gross. with like salacious celebrity gossip yeah, and nonsense. Amazing. Actually, that would be good. It would be good. You've got. I mean, to be honest, I was disappointed that we had to start recording because your stories about celebrity weddings, I'm fascinated. But it's how I make myself re-invitable places. I give you a bit and then I just leave you hanging. Ah, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I've got to have Emma around for dinner. Got to, got to finish that story. Ten years on a celebrity magazine does make you an interesting dinner party guest. But then you just feel like, am I taking up all the oxygen in the room just telling this story about X, Y or Z? Well, do people tend to look bored? <sighs> I, to be honest, I'm too much in my own head enjoying the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I just know not my problem. I just know I'm fabulous. <laughs> so who gives a toss? No, it's the stuff that I wouldn't would think was normal, and people are like, "That happened." I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "That's crazy," and I'm like, "Is it?" That's, <laughs> when, that's, that's just normal life for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel as though I want to ask you so much more, but I literally have to get a train, which is the most. Should we do a quick fire round? Do you ever do that? Um, I haven't. Okay. Do you want to know stuff like dog or cat, shower or bath? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Kill me now. Um, I, wait. You could limit me to a sentence per answer. Well, if it's a quick fire round, it's just one or the other, isn't it? Or one word. Shower or bath? Bath. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> towel dry or air dry? <laughs> Which part? Hair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jagger or Styles? Oh, God. I'd worry that Jagger's knob would fall off from age. Um, 
Styles, it'd have to be Styles. Oh, God. Um, and just that just reminds me of when I used to go to the gym many moons ago and women used to dry their pubes with the hair dryers. Have you ever seen that happen? Oh, it was... What gyms do you go to? <laughs> it was called Home's Place. Oh, God, I think great. it got taken over by Virgin Active. Um, but it used to happen on a regular basis and they, they would be there, like, propped up with one leg, drying the bush. People don't really have a bush anymore, I suppose. So, I mean, apart from me. <laughs> I don't know. Do people have... Well... Is it a thing? I, I don't know. I'm out of the loop on the whole waxing trends. I've never had a wax. Ever. Oh, you've never, I mean, you, you've never lived. It sounds horrendous, to be quite honest. No, I mean, I remember, write, I used to write about it a lot because the whole trend of the Hollywood and the Brazilian. What, so did you used to test Holly- it out? I used to love, I always used to, every four it weeks. It kill. No, after a while. The hair gets weaker, doesn't it? I have no sense. <laughs> I have no I can't feel no anything down there anymore. No, Liam but- Neeson could come on in and I wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> I think I don't know what happens. What you think happens in a wax, but nothing that would conflict with what Liam does. <laughs> um, no, I so I used to write about them. What, are I you not once. supposed to have hair in that bit? <laughs> <laughs> what, all the way up, muscular tube. <laughs> oh God! When I saw that post that Caroline did about Huda talking about bleaching your vaginas. I mean. And she wrote something about muscular tube. And I looked at it and I went, oh my God, I'd totally call my band that if I had one. And then that was your comment. It's like we're the same person. We're not just voice twins. We're brain, we're brain twins. twins. I couldn't come up with anything as ingenious as the rabbits. Men rabbits. Man rabbits. I mean, you say ingenious, but it's just insane. I know. do think we may have tapped into some creative. Maybe I should things. send it to you. You Please. can read it. Tell me if it's just bad and insane or actually any good. I would 100% read it and give you an honest opinion. Okay. Would you? 100%. And I'd also, if you wanted to, I'd give it to my mum. My mum was an editor at Penguins back in the day. Her first book was Lady Chatterley's Lover. Was it? Oh, God. Wow. You know, slightly different. (coughs) I know. Does she do freelance editing? No. Would she? Well, she'd read it for you. I need, but I need a freelance editor. Before I can self-publish it, I need someone to go, need to cut that bit out. I'm sure she, I'm sure if you asked her, or I'm sure if I said, would you read this, but also would you offer some critique? I'm sure she would. She's brilliant with stuff. Like that. She reads more than, she's always a book in her hand. Oh or God, she's watching NCIS and, or like, and with a book. Chuck and Muck, um, like um, boot fair programmes. She's Loves her antiques and they're very eclectic. Very, but reads constantly. All right, I'm going to send it. Okay, there you go, mother. You've got work to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go, and this is devastating. I know. Um, you're coming back. Yeah, we'll do that thing. We're going to plan a trip. Yeah, I'll come and see you. With me, why don't we do a three-way? Well, that on my double-ended. Also, (laughs) do you know Lindsay Kelk from Coverage? (laughs) Yes. I was talking to her the other day because we want when she's back for her book tour. We were like, we're gonna steal your way and take you down to Badminton. We should do all of us to send a four way. Yeah, because Lindsay is one of the greatest humans in life. Let's do it. Cool, excellent. Um, listeners, I'm sure that there's more that you want to hear from 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 Ruth. So why not? <laughs> or not? <laughs> why not? Because this is going to go on Instagram at some point. Or just send me a message and ask any other questions. We'll we'll plan another recording and we'll do something a bit more specific. Maybe we'll get Ruth to answer this in the questions. Whatever you think is appropriate. Um, I'm very grateful for you to having for having been here. If you listen to this show and you like it, how many stars do we want them to leave, Ruth? 
How many? Uh, hold on. Five. <laughs> <laughs> a, a wondrous five. Oh, God, I laughed like a, a bit like Flipper then. It was Who's like the Flipper? Huge, the dolphin. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Can you do that again or is that just a no, one-off? No, no, You can't duplicate ma- replicate magic. Um, <laughs> I adore you all for listening. I think it's time for us to sign off before this gets really ridiculous. Um, and I will see you on the next one. Thanks, Bye, everyone. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to that show as much as Ruth and I enjoyed recording it. Now, if you did enjoy that episode, I'd be so delighted, and I'm sure Ruth would too, if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and maybe a couple of sentences about what you like about the show. It really does help a show like mine stand out on on such a massive platform. And please don't forget, I love hearing from you. It's one of my favourite, favourite things. So drop me an email to thebeautypodcast at gmail.com slide into my DMs on social media where I'm at Emma Gunn's or join the private Facebook group, the link to which will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I really do hope that you love that show and I will be back and I will see you on the next one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.